difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a boat cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah, we breaking chains over here. Yeah, you can stay over there. And we're back once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And while we got a wild show lined up for you, we got even some, uh, well, she's warming up in bullpen. We have it's Koskaka Shoba with the returning guest. We'll be fighting soon in the cage. We'll look at that and a whole lot more. But first, we're going to do a bit of a preview. And well, I we got the. WB draft, which will finally be happening. You know, everybody will be in their positions on Monday. We're going to find out about that a whole lot more. But also, we'll be talking some Bound for Glory. Well, I need somebody who's going to break down everything that's going on, the matches, this hopefully surprise all that. Who better than somebody who, well, his podcast uh, deals with that a whole lot more. And it's a bag of chips, as they say. I give you from uh, the com. I give you it's uh, the mighty Orlando. Well, Orlando, let's start off here. First off, love love the segments, love the website, and I'm guessing you're excited also for Bound for Glory. Are you going to be doing some live uh, sort of you know bout by bout action? What should we expect from you guys in Bound for Glory this weekend? Uh, hey everybody, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, well, we're probably going to discuss it because it'll probably be big news because I know that there's some. Breaking news that's going to be coming soon. I did hear something in regards to Bob Braun Strowman speaking with um, with Impact, so we don't know. Maybe he may debut in Bound for Glory. Uh, we do know the Iconics now being known as Inspiration are debuting at Bound for Glory. So I'm excited for that. We'll start off with that. They'll be vying for the tag team titles. How yes. big is that for and Impact, getting the, the, the formerly the artist known as uh, the Iconics, now the inspiration? For, you know, in, in, this, in an industry where you always need buzz, you always need like free agent signing, how big are they to the roster? And what should we expect from them going forward with uh, Impact Wrestling? I think they're a big get because I think a lot of people wanted them to go to Impact because of the fact that they have the knockouts tag titles and they have been a tag team for several years now. They're almost like the first kind of women's tag team that everybody ever signed. So this is a big get for Impact. So I'm hoping that they do win to be the first ever women to win not only the women's tag titles, but also the Impact Knockouts titles. What are you hoping happens? Because a lot of people loved them in, in NXT. And then they went to WWE, the main roster, and it was almost like they became too much of a comedy act. And they've said, hey, you're gonna expect a lot of things different from us in Impact. You know, we're we're gonna be we're gonna do different things in Impact. What do you mean? What do you what do you what, what do you hear about that? I mean, are they gonna be more of a threat? Are they gonna be treated more seriously? What are you hoping that Impact does that WWE didn't do with the iconic well, I mean, inspiration? Well, I don't mind them as a comedy act. They work well as like a good like kind of like a like it's not like they're left. You're laughing at them. It's like you're laughing with them because, like you know, Billy Kay, now known as uh, I think it's Jessica, uh, Jessica, uh, she's very much a charismatic comedy kind of wrestler. You know, she has like the expression of like somebody that 
you know, you can get like love behind, you know, and you can like, you know, not only laugh at her, but laugh with her and such, you know. And then like Casey, formerly known as uh, Peyton, you know, she's very much a serious wrestler, but she could also do a little bit of comedy. So I don't mind them doing, you know, not only being serious, but also doing a little bit of comedy, you know. It's going to be them versus, of course, the case. That's the, that, that's the big matchup there. Who, yes. What are you hoping he also happens? Because it, they've teased a lot of surprises. I know that Braun Strowman has been in negotiations. I know that they teased, you know, oh, we're going to have more guys from AAA, from New Japan. Give me something mm-hmm. you'd love to see happen. I mean, now, now with this forbidden door being wide open, anybody can show up in Impact or AEW. Or New Japan. Give me somebody you, you're like, God, I want them to show up in Impact for this one time. Or, you know, God, I would love to see them arrive in Impact for the pay-per-view. Well, uh, he's been already announced, Minoru Suzuki. I just saw him live when he came down to Miami when he faced uh, Brian Danielson. So I'm excited just to see him in the Impact zone. I don't know if maybe he'll probably be in that uh, Battle Royal that they just announced for, uh, for Bound for Glory. So I'm excited just to see that. Like, imagine him versus Joss Alexander. Joss Alexander right now is a great wrestler in Impact. So those two kind of colliding, that would be a great, like, match of the year candidate. I'm glad you brought up Josh Alexander. He's defending the title against, or he's fighting for a title against Christian Cage. Yes. How would you grade this whole thing? I mean, because there's some people I know who loved it, the Cage versus Jared versus uh, Alexander. Some people I know were very unhappy that it was Cage itself. You know, they were hoping that it was going to be Kenny Omega dropping the strap to an Impact guy after he wanted the Impact strap. But what should we expect? And are you happy with this whole thing, or do you think that even sort of you know Impact got a short you know a short stick of this whole deal for the beginning? Well, I mean, like, I didn't mind it that uh, Kenny Omega had the title. It helped Impact because it was getting them attention. Now that Christian Cage has the title, I think he's probably helping a lot of the young guys there right now. Like Christian Cage, he's like an underdog when it comes to like the best wrestlers out there. Like I am so excited just to see him versus Josh Alexander because I feel like Josh Alexander has been killing it right now ever since he went solo ever since he broke up with uh, the north now that you know uh, Ethan uh, Page is now on AEW now Josh Alexander is killing it himself doing his solo run and having those singles matches which have been great matches that he's been having for the last several months so I think if they want to give the title to somebody in impact it should be Josh Alexander what should happen, and what do you think will happen? I mean, because there's a lot of people who think it's it's basically this is perfect perfect storm. Josh Alexander gets the title, he wins the whole thing. He's is a crowning of him being basically the face of a company. Uh, there are some people who still think this this might end up in more shenanigans that you have somebody else screw either Alexander or Christian Cage. I mean, what do you think ends up happening this whole match between the champ who's still with AEW? And a challenger who's, you know, this has been his ride in terms of, okay, we're, we're going to make you the face of a company. Well, I think, well, because here's the thing. This is like the third or fourth person that's ever gone after the World Heavyweight title after they decided to do option C. 
as they hold the X Division title. So I'm thinking maybe he'll be the first person to lose at Bound for Glory. Maybe that will change him into going into a heel because he does work well as a heel. Let's not forget that he, when he was in tag team, he was very heelish and he's been, uh, he was killing it as a heel. So maybe he goes like betrays Christian Cage and then they have another series of matches, you know? I could see the feud going on until maybe next year. And then maybe next year, maybe 2022, Charles Salinger becomes the Impact World Champion. Let's talk about one of the, I'd say, big matches here, but we could go a lot of way. That is, uh, it is the women's title here. And that, and, we, and you have a lot of things here. You've got Deanna Perrazzo, you have Mickey yes. James, and now waiting the mm-hmm. wings, as we know, is going to be a very uh, a woman of a champ of a call your shots. What should we expect from this match? Because it, it looks very, it looks basically like, oh, Deanna Perrazzo should win this whole thing. But who beats her for the title? I mean, if you had to, is there anybody on the roster right now you look at from impact going, okay, this will be the person to beat Deanna, or are we still looking for that special someone? Well, let's not forget that Mercedes Martinez did win a number one contenders tied up tournament. So she's waiting in the wings. So it, you could either do Mickey versus uh, Mercedes or you could do Deanna versus Mercedes. Now, I feel like the Impact Knockouts title should be the main event uh, bound for glory because for me, this has been the most important type of match uh, for uh, for the last probably several months right now because everybody's been talking about Deanna versus Mickey. Deanna has been doing her best work in the last two years ever since she got released from WWE, and she's been proving herself ever since she came to Impact. Mickey Jane, she has something to prove for herself now that she's uh, now she's returning to uh, Impact Wrestling. So I feel like maybe you can go either way. You can either have Deanna retire Mickey because Mickey has said in several interviews that she wanted to retire in WWE, but because they fired her, now it seems like either she wants to continue on or maybe she may want to give that towards to Deanna to give her more notoriety, you know? So you could either do that or give Mickey the title to have one more run with the title, you know? So there's nothing wrong with either option here. You run down the rest of it. Now, once again, it's going to be Bound for Glory. It's going to be this Saturday, October 23rd, only on the pay-per-view. It's going to be Sunrise, Mary Nevada. You've got, we've, we have a tag titles on the line. you got Good Brothers versus Finn Juice versus the Bullet Club. You've got Valentine by Design versus he's TBA. Hopefully, Rhino shows up. You've got, as we mentioned before, the tag team titles on the line, the Women's Championship, the Impact World Championship. You've got your Call Your Shot Gauntlet, which is basically will be Rich Swan, Brian Myers, Moose, Willie Morrissey, Chris Saban, and 15 other guys. Yeah. I want to talk about mm-hmm. the last match we're going to talk about, though. It's, the, it's for the Impact Division uh, vacant title, and it's El Fantasmo, Trey Miguel, Steve Macklin. It's the old hand, it's the new Japan guy, and it's a guy that they've signed from a W Scrappy who. All of a sudden, looks like a million bucks in Steve Macklin. Who do you think they put the title on? Because Trey Miguel stayed, so I know there's a lot of people who say he deserves it. There's a lot of people I know who think that Steve Macklin's going to be that next big guy for them. He just he knows how to work. 
He looks intimidating as hell. He's somebody that they, you know, their next rich swan who they just picked off and all of a sudden went, okay, we get how to do that. Or do they throw a curveball and put it on El Fantasmo, who it seems like the Bullet Club is here to stay in Impact Wrestling. And they, they become something of, you know, fun to watch with them, with El Fantasmo, Chris Bay, and uh, Huckaleo. Yeah. I mean, I could see it going either way. Like, it would be smart to put it for El Fantasmo because you get no writing because he's a guy from New Japan. You could do it to Trey Miguel for somebody that left and then came back and decided to stay in Impact, and he's been, like, an original guy there. And you could have to give it to, like, Steve, you know, like, you know, he came from WWE, he got fired, he never really got the notoriety. Right now, he's been doing some great work in Impact Wrestling, so they can go either way. Or you could just do maybe have Trey Miguel have the title and then have a feud between him and Steve, you know, and then, you know, they can have a series of matches. I could see them having great matches together. I think they had a feud before and maybe a while back, maybe. So so I, I can see them like feuding for the, for the expedition title, which is, it would be good for uh, for Impact to have somebody feud for that title. Once again, we're good. it's going to be Bound for Glory. It's going to be this Saturday. It's going to be only on pay-per-view. Check your time with local listeners for more details. Once again, it's uh, going to be at Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Samstown uh, in Sunrise, Mayor, Nevada. We're going to switch our attention now and go to WB. They, they did their draft. They've moved some people around. They stayed with some people. Uh, some, you know, networks' feelings are hurt. People are going, what the hell is going on? I want your raw, honest opinion on it. What do you think they got right? And what do you feel they looked at you went, oh, crap, they missed a boat. This person should be this place. This person should be that place. Like, what did you think of the raw SmackDown sort of draft? Well, for me, I'm saying uh, I thought that SmackDown gained the better women's division, and they're kind of lacking in when it comes to challengers for Roman Reigns. So I'm thinking maybe they decided to design it like that so that Roman can keep the title for another year. But you never know. They could easily put it on somebody like, you know, you still have Drew McIntyre that's now on SmackDown now. You can maybe build up Jeff Hardy. You know, you could really do Cesaro again. Hopefully, maybe he starts getting some wins, maybe an IC run. Hopefully, that happens. Uh, Sheamus again, like now with this new Roman character, we could do Roman versus Sheamus. However, Sheamus is also another hero, so I don't know if they want to do that again. So I can see recording about that. As far as for Raw, they gain a great men's division. You know, you can easily do a lot of different matches for Biggie. You could do Biggie versus Finn Balor. You could do Biggie versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, Biggie versus Damian Priest. Biggie versus Keith Lee. So there's a lot of different matchups that will work on Raw that I can see. And on the SmackDowns, uh, on the on the women's side for Raw, they're lacking a little bit, but maybe Becky could help out a lot of the women there. And hopefully maybe they could start building some tag teams because now Rhea and Nikki Cross are now the tag team champions. Hopefully they start creating some new tag teams or maybe calling up some tag teams, you know, like Casey and uh, Carrie, um, I'm sorry, uh, Casey and Karen from uh, NXT. Maybe they can call them up to face them. I mean, or build a new tag team, you know. So hopefully that happens, so. How tough is it for WWE right now balancing all that? Because you have, you heard of the news. Like it was reported by several outlets. Fox wanted Charlotte Flair. 
and yet mm-hmm. you know that USA Network, NBC, they're the ones who will get the you know sometimes the bigger prizes because hey, look, let's face it, they have bought the WWE Network. We don't know for how much, but probably for a pretty penny. We know that mm-hmm. they're the ones who are streamlining a lot of the stuff here. Uh, how tough is it for Vince and Co. and all those people to make sure that you know these two big conglomerates are happy when both of them want you know more than the other? I mean, Fox probably wanted Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte, and when it got just Charlotte, and Charlotte and uh, Sasha, no Becky, they probably were like, oh, oh man, this kind of this kind of sucks here. We were expecting more. We want more. Damn it. <laughs> no, I, I feel you regards about that. Now there is a report from Fightful saying that because they were unhappy with the whole CM Punk situation, uh, when it comes to Fox, because Fox loves CM Punk, they decided to kind of give them Becky and Brock for a few months. So to kind of like calm them down. So now what they're trying to do is now uh trying to work everything out with uh USA and NBC Universal. So that's why now NBC Universal now got Becky again. Because remember, Becky kind of left when she was pregnant um while she was the Raw Women's Champion. So maybe, you know, they were just like, okay, you're gonna go to SmackDown for a little bit, but then we'll move you to Raw to, you know, kind of like, you know, help out, you know, the USA deal. You know, so um, now Brock is a free agent, so if they want to, you can easily have Brock show up on both shows. He doesn't have to sign anywhere, so that will keep them both happy, you know. And if they ever want Cena, you know, come back again, they could easily have Cena come back. Or maybe The Rock, you know, there is a rumor about Rock coming soon, so you never know. That will probably satisfy the, the networks. Last question for that to let you go. A lot of things going on here, as you mentioned. Uh... For the first time ever, you know, head to head, and as we said, this is a bit weird here because it was on the uh, the overrun. AEW beat WWE in the ratings. I'm not talking overall. Before anybody starts getting there, you know, freaking out, saying the sky is falling. They beat him in the quote eighteen to twenty four range. And look, I get it. This is not you know the Monday Night Wars. Vince doesn't right. care. I don't think as much. He he has he's making billions, you know, right now, and he's probably looking going, oh, AEW, okay, yeah, go good, good, good. You guys go play in the sandbox. It's, it's basically a one sided war right now. Does it mean anything them winning the eighteen to twenty four, or is it still, or is it kind of pointless right now because a WWE really doesn't care. Two, eighteen to twenty, the eighteen to forty year old group nowadays. They're kind of broke. I mean, most 18 to 40 year old people are not working. So it's not like it was back in the day. How much of this is all just some, you know, symbolism for AEW going, yes, we won. Didn't mean much, but we won. <laughs> well, for me, I feel like it's more on the lines of what is used like as to watch the platforms. You know, now with when it comes to streaming and like online uh, you know, watching of products. So the data is probably going to change a lot. So a lot of people don't really have cable anymore. They have like, you know, either YouTube or Roku or even some of the, uh, some of the, you know, some of the, uh, the channels, uh, you know, channels. So, you know, they pay for that. So it everybody knows on where, uh, where everything is going because they've had that data for several years now. We've seen it from, you know, TiVo, from, you know, Hulu, from other things. So they're not worried in regards to that. They're more on the lines that 
That's why every single time that you hear these quarterly kind of meetings, they always say like, look how many people are watching these type of shows or these type of pay-per-views, these type of like matches, things like that. They want to make sure that you focus more on the numbers rather than on the demos. So that's what WWE is more worried about. I mean, they could try to satisfy the, you know, their shareholders as well as the network, however they can. Like how I said to you about having Brock and Becky for Fox, and then they decided to trade Becky back to Raw to keep, you know, USA um, uh, Network happy now that they have Becky again. So, you know, so there's always that type of trade. So uh, they know for a fact that uh, what they're doing here. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, you can check him out. He'll be covering... Uh, Bound for Glory. He's going to be to let us know what's going on with everything going on regarding the draft and future projects. And as well, you got to check out because they have some great news and a lot of things going on. Once again, I give you from it is uh, BuckleBombEntertainment.com. I give you it is the Power Man himself. I give you Orlando. Well, Orlando, before I let you go, so t- where else can fans check you guys out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram? Uh, and what else can fans expect from the website bucklebombentertainment.com? Well, you can find us at uh, Twitter at bucklebombent. We're actually celebrating our one year anniversary next month. So please, guys, any of you who are listening, go ahead and support us. You know, give us a follow. Go ahead and listen to our one year anniversary. It's coming up really soon. We're also going to be doing a lot of live streams and then we'll probably be posting it on Spotify. We're now on every type of like, you know, uh, podcast type of platform so you can easily listen to it if you can't listen to us live. We do also have a Facebook. Please follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, Buckle Bond Entertainment, please. Orlando, ladies and gentlemen, once again from BuckleBondEntertainment.com. Don't miss the action. We can follow them as uh, they'll be giving live notes and updates probably during Bound for Glory this Saturday only on pay-per-view. Uh, we come back. we got a lot more going on here, including Koskakashova with our surprise guest, all this and more only once again on, on last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue White Hustle Network. Once again, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And joining me here online, this young lady, well, a lot of big things are happening. It's going to be all the way in Miami, November 12th. It will be, of course, Cyborg versus Sinead Cavanaugh. But this young lady here being the main card as well, taking on Arlene Blenko in a title eliminator. We'll find out at least. Who is the number one or two contender? We're going to find out that, that whole that a whole lot more. 
I give you once again all the way from Minnesota. I give you it is just Bam Bam herself. I give you Pam Sorensen. Uh, Pam, start off here with you, Arlene Blunko. You get another person who just it's just you know knees and fists, nothing you know fancy smancy, no you know weird takedowns or jujitsu. It's literally just going out there and you know you know standing right in front of you and swinging for the fences. How much you how much you like that kind of fight where it's hard where it's basically simple but brutal. I like I'm I'm on right. I didn't mute myself. Did I mute myself? You did not mute yourself. No. Oh, okay. I hit a button and it's I got something on there. Sorry, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it's always fun to kind of fight somebody who just wants to get in there and actually fight. They don't want to run away. They don't want to be jumping guard or do, doing anything just silly. She just she wants to fight, and that's I respect that kind of a person. So what makes Arlene dangerous? Because you, she's, I hate to use the word old lady because she's not, she's younger than I am, but I mean, <laughs> she's been in this business for a long time. She's 38 years old and yet she still, you know, can lay the leather on people, knock people out. So what makes her such a damn good striker from what you and your team have seen? Uh, what makes her, you know, give other fighters fits? Um. I don't know. She moves a little bit differently than I think a lot of MMA fighters are used to. She moves more like a, a pure boxer. Um, and, you know, she hits hard like a boxer from what it, from what I've seen. So I think it's just a, a different look than the typical Muay Thai look we're used to. So when you have somebody like that, and especially somebody who she'll throw body shots, most fighters don't do that. You know, so how, how much is that for you a challenge? But okay, I got to maintain range. I got to, you know, look out for her hands and I got to watch out because she'll just dig right in and try, you know, literally, you know, punch a hole through my kidneys. Um, I'm not sure. It'll be a little different. She's, um, she's not, she's used to being the shorter fighter. Um, so she's kind of down there anyways. Um, with, we're both the same size. So she's not, I, I don't know. I don't think the body shots are going to be like they're like she's used to because I'm not as tall as some of the other featherweights. Well, we'll go back to this fight in a bit. Take me back to your last fight. It was your Bellator debut. It's mm-hmm. now out of the way. It was you versus Roberta Payne Samad. Uh, what went right? Did anything go wrong in your opinion? And uh, how how much how happy were you after the fight where it's like okay it's done I have I'm no the jitters are gone I'm used to this no more you know like oh crap the fight on Bellator might be crapping green little green apples now <laughs> yeah it was it was nice to kind of get that one out of the way um it didn't go as smoothly as I would like but I mean that's kind of to be expected coming off of a over two year layoff um being in a brand new promotion not being sure of how things were going to run and you know how much time you have to wait in between fights and stuff like that so I, w- I was happy with it but at the same time I definitely saw like little kind of tweaks and improvements that I needed to make but I was like, happy to come out with a win at least what was it besides the layoff like what did she do that made it difficult because I was I'm watching the fight and it's almost like you never could really get into your rhythm. So what was it about her or her style that was like, okay, this isn't fun. Just whatever, whether it was her striking or pressure, like what did she do that made it a difficult fight? 
Um, the biggest thing I remember was when she goes for a body lock, she's like so high that it's like your you like your biceps are almost pinned up against your ears and it's just it's really weird it's something not a lot of people do and it's, it's really uncomfortable and it's hard to get out of so that was the biggest thing that I mean I probably I saw that she did it to um when she fought Julia Budd so I should have known that she might do that but I just wasn't it was just so uncomfortable now when you say that she has a high body lock like how does it how does it make it uncomfortable like for you yourself what is it about, you know, the body lock being so high that it's like, okay, but I was, but you could, but you had trouble either getting used to it or that you had trouble with moving around. Like, what is it about the high body lock for you gave you fits? Well, everybody's kind of used to it being down, like around their stomach, around their back. So you kind of like get conditioned to that and you figure out how to move your hips to get out. But when somebody's like kind of right under your armpits and your arms are stuck above your head and you can't move and, and it hurts, she's pressing your forehead into your face. It's like, well, this just, just sucks. I'm not used to it. You're, it's, it'd be different if it was something I saw every day, but it, it wasn't. So <laughs> it's just weird. How much do you like the fact that you were also able to pick up the pace? And when I say that, first round she gave you trouble and then it's almost like you know second round the third round you start you know throwing more volume you're landing more how much did you enjoy the fact where you you know it was like okay as the, as the fight got longer you were getting stronger you know that's um being that before I started MMA I was more of an endurance athlete so it's going to kind of always been my strong suit is once the rounds kind of go on like going into those deeper waters um but yeah it was nice um going into rounds like two and three because I found my range I mean for fighters like me who are a little bit shorter my I don't have the reach I think she had almost a like a five and a half or six inch reach advantage it's hard to that first round you have to spend figuring out all right how far do I have to go in to actually touch her like it's it's not easy to do and not eat a bunch of shots at the same time How much did it also affect you having a crowd there? I mean, because as you said, for two years you have been fighting, and you got, you know, during the pandemic there was much crowd, but all of a sudden your fight came and you notice, holy crap, there's 10,000 people here and they're loud and they're cheering. What's going on here? It's been usually, you know, when I spar, do all my stuff, there's nobody here. Now all of a sudden it's like, you got fans back. Yeah. Where the hell have you people been? <laughs> You know, it was actually nice walking out and, you know, there's actually people cheering and it was, it was like, oh, yay, finally, there's people here. You're not like walking out and it's just completely silent. But, you know, once the fight starts, I tune all of that out. I mean, because I fought plenty of times in front of crowds and I, I don't hear anybody, <laughs> which my coaches hate sometimes because sometimes I don't hear them, but I just, I go into my own world and it's like, they're not there until the end of the fight. How much did you enjoy, though, just as you said, getting back to normalcy with everything going on and, you know, you're, it's just normal. After everything that could been all the pandemic and I know you, uh, you, me, and Costa talked about here where it's like masks, six feet apart, all this going on, and here you are. It's like, we're back to normal. There's people. There's a crowd. Yes, I feel... They're cheering. I'm getting ready for Zara. Let's go while we're young. And you're just like, you know, power walking to the ring. 
how much did you just enjoy that? That you know, you got to it was almost a normal atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, it's been really nice from training to more people showing up. They're a little more comfortable going out um, and not having to wear masks when you train, not having to, you know, when you're get before the fight, when you're like warming up and stuff, you don't have to wear masks and just seeing people there. It's just, yeah, it, it was really nice because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge difference when you can go into the stadium and not just hear the crowd and see the crowd but also not wearing a mask yeah huge, i mean the sense of freedom i mean just the sense of freedom alone it's got to be a huge difference to you yeah well and then you can see people's facial expressions like oh everybody's really excited but with a mask you're like oh everybody has eyes that's nice okay that's all i can see <laughs> i like everybody doesn't look or sound like darth vader and you're like i'm sorry what yeah <laughs> like what is everybody mumbling about you you don't even know if half the people are hecklers or not right i feel like these days if someone's even being rude you're just like what are you saying i can't even understand you at the time you're like oh okay that's great yeah other other than the um the woo guy that's always in the crowd somewhere you, oh yeah you can hear that <laughs> oh that's the best so does that give you a different type of energy then when you you go into the stadium and you hear the crowd does that I mean, a different little, type of feeling. Yeah, because I mean, you kind of feed off their energy when you're walking out and there's nobody there. It's just like, oh, okay, whatever. But like when you walk out and there's a crowd and they're cheering you on, it's, you know, you kind of feed off of that a little bit. Does it give you a bit of a rush then when you actually have people there? Yeah, yeah, I would say that there's a, a bit of a rush because you're, it's hard not to get excited when everybody else is excited. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you hype yourself up in that regard then before you get into the ring? Not at all. <laughs> no? <laughs> I, I felt really bad because before my last fight, like I just like to, you know, I'll talk with my coaches a little bit. We get like a good warm up in and then I just kind of like to be by myself and I'll like kind of walk around and I they don't talk to anybody and I like silence for a little bit. And I had to tell the commission lady because she was trying to talk to me about my dog which is one of my favorite subjects. And I was like, I don't want to talk anymore. And she, I felt really bad after, but I was like, this is, this is my time. I need my quiet time. <laughs> so you kind of like to be in a meditative state then prior to heading in. Yeah. Cause otherwise, you know, some things that I'm not used to doing that we've been working on all camp. Like I have to remind myself like, okay, this isn't what I normally do, but I'm going to do this. Otherwise I forget. So that's interesting. I feel like everybody has kind of like the things that they do. If they're hyped up, do they, you know, psych themselves out? Do they meditate? Do they, um, you know, practice? There's, it's always interesting to know what is on someone's mind prior to a fight. I, and I love that. I love getting to know, you know, each and every individual and, and what they do prior to. Yeah, there are some people like, I'm sure you've seen, um, like cyborg's corner will sometimes slap her across the face before she gets in the cage because she, she just apparently needs that and i'd be like i'd be mad if my if my corner slapped me across the face but you know whatever works for her i guess maybe we all need a good spanking now and then i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't no. know if it was a spank it was more of a slap but you know maybe slap, i could get into a spanking a you know <laughs> Maybe I'll just to get my coach's reaction. I'll be like, hey, will you spank me right when I'm about to get in the game? <laughs> okay. 
be great. Be like, what? Be like, you heard me, spank me, daddy. Like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, this is not that kind of. Okay, like, all right. Well, anyway, get back on to more serious subjects here. So I got to ask, man, because <laughs> we, we we talk about this here. We, I mean, I'm glad you brought up Cyborg. She's in the main event. Now you're mm-hmm. on a, you're on the co-main event so far right now. Is it getting now more realistic where it's like, okay, I got to figure out this puzzle called Cyborg. Because it's now like, okay, it's, it's, it went from, well, yeah, it'd be great to fight her to now. It's like, okay, I'm getting closer here. God damn it. How the hell do you beat somebody who just comes at you like a tornado? Next thing you know, it's like, oh, crap. Where's like fists and knees coming from different places. Make it stop, damn it. Make it freaking stop. Yeah, I mean, that she's definitely on her mind. We know that if we get past Arlene, um, Cyborg very well could be the next person. Um, and, you know, but Arlene is tough, so we're definitely not overlooking her. But at the same time, we're always thinking like, okay, we're going to work this for Arlene. And I think this will also work well on Cyborg. So, I mean, we're trying to find things that we can work on that will help with both fights. Does I feel like what help? kind of no go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say before Chris could jump in, does it help fighting Arlene now than fighting Cyborg? So you get used to somebody who, who you and I talked about before the beginning of the show. Arlene Blenko can turn lights out on people. She's done that before. She's had walk-off knockouts. She's not as explosive. I don't think anybody is in this game as Cyborg, but she can, you know, if you if you, you know, get you know a little lazy with your jab or with your kicks. She'll knock you out, you know, like third period French. So does that help getting somebody like this so you can get used to cyborg down the road? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was one thing I really liked about um, the thought of fighting Arlene was, I mean, she keeps people honest. Like you said, if you start getting lazy, if you start slowing down, she's going to make you pay for it. And that that's exactly the kind of fight I wanted, especially knowing that cyborg is kind of down the road. So knowing that and knowing what kind of opponent she is, does that kind of help you keep your game up, like on your tippy toe, so to speak? Do you like that kind of opponent? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would like to think that I, like, I'm always in pretty good shape, but knowing that, I mean, Arlene keeps a solid pace and she keeps that pace, you know, from bell to bell. Um, so I'm definitely thinking like, okay, we, no rounds off, we're keeping the same pace, we're keeping the pace up, we're not getting lazy, we're not throwing you know, crappy kicks or punches because we're not going to throw that in the fight or she's going to make us pay for it. So I feel like having an opponent like that, it's making me work harder, even in the training camp. So it's it's challenging, but it's nice. How nice was it getting that first Bellator win under your belt? We talked about three of us here, how this is part of a dream. You want to fight on a major promotion. You want to get a contract. You got the contract. Now... Now you're part of Bellator. Like everybody can fight for Bellator, but nobody, not a lot of people get a win there. So after you got that first win, after they said, and you know, and it's unanimous decision, how much nicer was it for you just getting all that sort of just bad juju nerves, energy, like, okay, now it's done. I can now focus on a second fight. I'm not freaking out. I'm no more like, okay, what happens if I lose my first fight? Will they cut me? What the hell's going on? How happy are you now that that first fight is just like over with? You can enjoy being undefeated so far in Peloton. Yeah, it, I mean, it's really nice. It's always nice to get a win, but it's also nice to kind of have that experience um, under my belt that I know what to expect um, fight week, everything leading up to it. I, I know 
exactly what to expect with they expect with the media day what's expected of me um for all like you know the covid testing and the protocols and whatnot um so the first time it was a little bit of challenge to figure out like all right if i do this am i gonna get in trouble are they gonna come yell at me so in a way a lot of those nerves ahead of the fight aren't going to be there and then you know getting used to the the crowd being there again too um yeah <laughs> so depending upon what happens on your upcoming fight like he chris was talking about bringing up cyborg which is I'm just gonna throw that out there is also a very interesting name <laughs> <laughs> what is going to be your next step say you win this fight and you're like holy crap i did it i kept everything up this is awesome another win how are you going to step into this fight with someone like a fighter like cyborg because obviously she's earned it mm -hmm. just like you're going to be earning this fight how do you step into that what kind of mentality and preparation now that you you've gone this level um you know if that fight is after this one um I would go into it just like any other fight. I would be looking for what things that I want to change in my game plan, try to figure out, um, you know, her tendencies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think too much would, would change. It would just, just stylistic stuff more than how I train. Is there anything stylistic wise that, you really enjoy what you do now that you think has been working for you thus far? I think um, the fact you that know I push the, the pace, because um, I know, like, I've talked to Roberta after we fight, like, we're friendly, and she was like, yeah, I didn't, like, you throw a lot of punches, like, you throw a lot of stuff, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to stay busy, so, yeah. But I think that's good, though. I think sometimes we're our own worst critic, and obviously, you know, when you go in your training camps and your coach, they can tell you what they see and yeah. what the opponent has and what their weaknesses are and what you can, you know, get in at. And that's obviously very important, but it's hard sometimes when we view ourselves like, Ooh, okay. I, what do I think I need to work on? Do you find that difficult for yourself to be introspective and be like, Oh, I should have done this better. Or, Oh, I should have yeah. done better. Is it, is it hard to go through that? Like whether you win or lose, like, Oh, I could have done this. Yeah, I one of my least favorite parts of the whole thing is going back after the fight and rewatching it, especially with my coaches, and they just pick apart everything you do. And you're like, is that how that kick looked? That's what that takedown attempt looked like? And you're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> but I mean, you need to see it because you don't believe somebody can tell you, like, hey, your jab looks like crap today. But sometimes until you see it yourself, you don't quite believe it. but I hate it partially because I make really stupid faces when I punch, but. <laughs> but is it threatening to your opponent is the question. <laughs> maybe I, it I works, hope so. you know? maybe I, it could be a tactic. I hope they see the scowl on my face and. <laughs> so last question from each of us before I let you go. And mine is simple, Pam. Who is more excited about all the soup love? You know, your debut fight and your big win. What, you or your coaches and your family? Because watching them as you know you, you get your arm raised and you're just doing the interview they're like proud parents you know like you know the little the little bird is blown up a nest now, now she's a bellator fighter and i'm guessing the parents are going ballistic they're, they're calling everybody 
Our daughter just won on TV. That's right. You can kiss our ass here. How happy were they? You know, but you got that win and that you got part of your dream, you know, taken care of. But you're now a legitimate, you know, made, you know, major promotion fighter. You know, they're really excited. And um, you know, especially my my dad is always it doesn't matter what sport I've been playing since I was growing up, like he's always kind of been my number one fan. And he even tells like his vet out in South Dakota, he's like, yeah, my daughter's like a, a big Bellator fighter. And, you know, they think it's really cool to, to tell everybody and anybody who will listen to him talk about it. I think that's awesome to have supportive parents in what you do. So here's a lovely question. What was the first thing you did when you won your first fight? Hmm. How did you celebrate? Because I think everybody celebrates differently. And then I, how would that differentiate, you know, celebrating, you know, what would be a major win to you? Or would it differentiate? I mean, I ate some pizza, but <laughs> other, other than that, um, we got up, like, I think our flight, we had to leave for our flight the next morning at like 3 a.m., and uh, I mean, my dog was out at my parents, so I had to drive out to my parents and spent a, a week out there with a couple of 60-year-olds. <laughs> so no popping some bubbly, huh? No, not really. I'm, I'm kind of a homebody. I like to just hang out by myself, even if it, that's how celebrating is. No victory dance with the dog? <laughs> the dog was very excited. He did. He, he gave me hugs when I got back. They, that's all that matters in life so would you do something differently then in the future on your next big win probably not no <laughs> you're like no not really no i'll just come home and nap or nap and eat pizza hey as long as you're keeping it real and you accomplish your goals and it makes you happy that's what matters yeah that's what i think well there you have it ladies and gentlemen once again it's gonna be all the way she'll be fighting not in the cold anymore. She's going to warmer places. <laughs> she may be, be, be rocking the beach, but the, the beach wear. That's right. She'll be fighting Miami, Florida, November 12th. I give you once again, it's uh, Bam herself. I can be Pam Sorensen. Uh, Pam, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? Um. Well, you can find me all my social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all Pam Bam Sorensen. Um, yeah, we're still working on the sponsors. I have a few, um, the Cellar Gym, Forged Fitness, uh, Prodigy Martial Arts, anybody I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, but yeah. Pam <laughs> Pam Sorensen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always on our pleasure having the show. She'll be fighting. It's going to be November 12th, only on B Showtime Presents, Bellator 271. It's Cyborg versus Sinead Kavanaugh. It's Arlene Blinko versus Pam Sorensen. We come back, but we got final thoughts only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on Blue Wire Hustle Network. Mm -hmm.